Radio and UN Women UK present to you a live 24-hour radio show. 24 hours. Wake up, Freya. Yeah. Fubar Radio presents. I am joined by the amazing Charlie Kondu. I've got some facts about Valentine's Day, and oh, okay. I want you to try and figure out whether or not these are true or false. A herd of elephants in Botswana have been giving each other Valentine's Day presents every year for over three decades. They even experience embarrassment and social isolation if they forget to give their partner a gift. No, that can't be. Why? Right. It could well, be because they end up sending true, Charlie. And I love the fact that if they don't do it, they get shamed. Like, <laughs> What, but do they get trolled on yeah, Twitter like- <laughs> or something? Every Wednesday from 6pm, Fubar Radio. Oh yeah, welcome back. That was always very, very, very quick. Uh, this is a Fubar Radio. I'm Rachel Downey. Welcome to the show. We are doing a live 24-hour marathon. I'm here for the entire 24 hours. I've got two hours done, which I'm very happy about, very excited. Um, it's all for UN Women UK. I'm just going to get the spiel done very quickly, guys. I'm very, very sorry. Uh, all for the He For She campaign. Um, we would love you to donate as well. So if you want to text uh, the letters... Uh, UNWN followed by the amount you want to donate to 7007 now in the studio I'm going to go from my stage left we've got Persia Lawson welcome thank you thank you um, I'll give a round of applause I'm proud of you uh, yay um, and then as we move around Emma Dointhorn hello welcome yay and then right Will Atterbury welcome it's really late thank you I tried how are you all Marvelous! <laughs> All the better for seeing you. Thank you. That's a that's a good answer. Uh, well, Persia, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you. You are one of the UK's most successful love coaches. Now, this excites me very, very much. How first of all, how did you become a love coach? Well, I'm probably like the least the person you'd least expect to be a love coach if you looked at my relationship history in the past oh, that's interesting I was a nightmare absolute nightmare in relationships and um, that's because I mean I won't go into it but long story short my parents were drug addicts they got sober when I was 16 but that kind mm. of led me we were actually talking about this before weren't we mm-hmm. Amber you know what goes on in your childhood offers like really does affect the choices that you make in your it's romantic true. life you don't even realise it mm. so um, yeah it was a nightmare and then hit a rock bottom in my mid-twenties, sorted myself out, wrote a book about, book about it, and then I met the love of my life, and now I help other women do the same thing. That is incredible. <laughs> How do you, very quickly, you said you hit rock bottom. How did you get yourself up, up from hitting rock bottom? So I actually, I used to be an actress, and I was doing a job in China, and I put on two stone in two months. And that was the first, because everything else I could hide, and my dad picked me up from the airport and he was like oh okay mm. something's drastically not something's not right here so he took me to a yoga retreat in thailand and wow. while i was there just before i went my friend gave me this book called women who love too much by robin norwood which is an amazing book and so while i was there there was no booze there were no men i was just doing yoga meditating and kind of you know looking at my stuff and that then that <clears> kind <throat> of set a whole chain of events afterwards yeah and i know it's very difficult to kind of be like right tell us what does it take for you know to find the right relationship but are there key things what do you i mean what were you learning about yourself to enable you i guess to have a healthy relationship 
Well, it's always, always about coming back to your relationship with yourself. Because essentially, mm. if you've got a really unhealthy relationship with yourself, if you've got low self-esteem, low self-worth, if there's stuff from your past, unresolved trauma and pain and things that happened to you when you were younger, or you know, if you had some really toxic relationships, you're always going to be carrying that baggage forward into the next relationship. And also, you're going to be attracted. Again, we were talking about this before. You're always going to be attracted to um, things that are familiar, even if they're really unhealthy. So, of course, I used to always go for drug addicts or drug dealers. Can you guess how that went? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I can. (laughs) So So you have to start just looking at your own patterns. And that's what I kind of do with my clients is get them clear. Because a lot of people come to me and say, like, there's nothing like, you know, career, I can go out there and I can do things and I can make things happen. But love life, it's just total luck of the draw. I'm like, no, you are attracting certain dynamics and certain people into your life and you are attracted to them. You don't realize how much kind of subconscious programming is going on. So once you start becoming conscious and aware, it's unbelievable. Like you will be attracted to different people and different people will be attracted to you. That's so fascinating. So, so interesting. And again, like you say, it comes down to, I guess, accepting yourself and loving yourself and Mm -hmm. it's those positive changes. And does it take a long time? to kind of work on yourself or you know like how, how do you do it how do you so w- with my clients it's it's kind of a, an eight-week program very prescriptive and yeah you start by looking at what your your childhood things that went mm. on for you there so you're starting to get really clear and then you start looking you do really clear inventories of your relationships all your past relationships all the people you've had kind of romantic dynamics with so you start to see your patterns and then you start to focus on the relationship with yourself so learning to I guess see your qualities and the things that are valuable about you that you might not realize and uh, you know I come from quite a spiritual approach so I bring in meditation um, elements like that I I was trained in cognitive behavioral therapy so Mm. challenging your limiting beliefs looking at your fears all of that stuff looking at who you need to forgive from the past so you can kind of release all that and then starting to look at like what sort of relationship you want because a lot of the time we just go out there and just take anything and if you look you know if you're like I'm open to anything then that's what you're going to get and if you start being more intentional and think this is the sort of relationship that I want these are the sort of qualities in a person instead of just focusing on how it looks focusing how you want to feel well um amber you're obviously actress model social media influencer um you're putting yourself out there on Mm -hmm. on a big platform do you still get insecurities are you someone you know that has is very positive within yourself i think i am now it's definitely something difficult to go from having no following to having a couple of million online it's very daunting it's crazy wow. yeah it's insane it's and i've been doing it for a year all. and a half so i'm still what? getting used to it like it's how do you do it tell me i always say good luck and hard work but yeah it still freaks me out sometimes i'm a lot more secure with myself now mm-hmm. and more confident than i used to be when i started the hate that you get online is just horrific and it takes a long time to get used to it but mm. eventually you break it down and you realize that these people that are hating on you online they're just doing it because they're insecure themselves so if you actually respond to them and try and get to the bottom of that it turns out deep down they're actually fans and they just want attention so once you do that you realize these people aren't actually hating on you they're just a bit insecure which in a way then makes you feel a bit more secure so it's like everyone's yeah. helping everyone if that makes sense so how did you you know uh, a year and a half ago, yeah. two years ago, a year and a half ago, um, what was it? Did you go out of your way thinking, I, w- I want to start up as, you know, a, a big social? What was no, it? No, not at all. <laughs> How did it all start for you? So we were literally talking about this again just before. It was so random and it was completely by accident. So I was studying theoretical physics at university. I had the intention to go into banking, be a trader. Complete opposite from what I'm doing now, basically. (laughs) And I just started making videos with one of my male friends and we were doing it completely for fun. 
Like we didn't think anything would come from it, but mm. it went from strength to strength to strength. We ended up making like the most viral videos of the year in the world, which was just wow. insane. <laughs> yeah, to say that I like never like, ever posted on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just crazy, and I kind of got thrust into the limelight, and it was really weird. And I realized actually I really enjoy this, so I graduated, and then made this my full-time job and haven't looked back since. I don't blame you. So would yeah. you, you know, where would you like to see this, your brand, your comedies, your your work grow to? What would you, I suppose in a year and a half you had no idea this was going to happen. No, not at all. It's amazing. So my long-term goal has, I know I said earlier I wasn't an actor, my long-term goal has always to, been to be an actor. Mm. But for now, like short-term in the future, in the next few years, I just want to keep building my online following. Like, we're in a position where someone recently just became the world's first online billionaire from being a social media creator. (laughs) Billionaire. Not millionaire, billionaire. How insane is that? From making videos on YouTube. I'm an old lady. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's, It's just crazy, like, thinking that you can sit in your bedroom making videos on YouTube and then become that wealthy is insane. But it's possible. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, and then get to the point where I can probably make my own films and then create roles for myself and then yes, lead the way into that's acting that's the way house. to do it. Oh, and Will, obviously, hello, welcome. Hello. We're both like, oh my God. <laughs> Being an mouth. actor, do you find that, um, you know, you need, you maybe can get a job if you have a big social following or does that not overlap? Because I know with presenting for me, it does sometimes. I lose out on jobs because I don't have a big social following. I think it is increasingly overlapping and How do you do find that? More and more. Well, I really do not engage with social media at mm. all. I'm obviously just just <laughs> Starting outside that I'm not on Instagram. I was like, let me follow you. Can't like, be you can't be. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a real person, Will. <laughs> you don't exist. Um, yeah, so what, what's it like for you as an actor in this current time, I suppose? I mean, I think I can slightly get away with it in that there is um, a little bit more leeway if you... Um, like, I think if you're doing comedy, you really need a bit of more of a social media following. Mm. But I think if you're doing, like, you know, if you want to be a very serious, dramatic <laughs> stuff, you can sort of get away with keeping a bit more mystique around yourself. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how much that changes because, like, Harry Styles was in the biggest, you know, movie of the year. And so. Do you know what? That's very true. But then is he getting cast because he will have a following? He, they know, you know, people are going to go to the cinema. Mm. to watch him maybe. I think it's got to be a bit of both isn't it because yeah. I actually think he, he was brilliant yeah he was, he was amazing. Yeah. I wasn't expecting him to be very good right. at all yeah. and he was very good so you know what kind of what kind of roles would you love to be cast in what kind of what is it that you, inspires you Ooh, what a question I know right uh-huh. <laughs> imagine if all the casting directors <laughs> in the world are like right Will what role do you want <laughs> I feel only with that easy <laughs> um, wow. I mean I'm like I'm just totally obsessed with American TV at the moment I think mm. it's they're yeah. just crushing it yeah. I really love um, Transparent have you ever seen Transparent I haven't oh so just what is that, it about things like that you love? What is it just the, le- the the quality of the writing is so deep, so varied, so nuanced. Mm. The actors are just mm. brilliant. They're so yeah. fresh. I think I think I I really love doing stuff where um, it's a little bit looser in that the it's clearly been written, but the actors have some leeway to just be yeah. a bit more fluid Invite, and, and improvise a little bit yeah. yeah around the scenes I think that makes for very exciting watching um, and kind of looking back to what Persia was saying with kind of confidence and belief in yourself being an actor is very 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 tough oh, yeah. it, you know um, <laughs> and you know you'd like to think you know you've got to be tough to survive it but not really very secure like my brother's an actor and you know they are very insecure they do take things to heart how do you 
get through kind of audition processes and how are you a positive person are you I think inherently I'm yeah. positive I was I mean I totally agree with everything that Persia was saying about mm. working on your own boundaries and understanding like what happened in your childhood and how that sort of shaped yeah. the kind of people you attract around you because yeah it's been a bit of a journey I, I think when I like left school I was like oh my god I'm so incredible I know right <laughs> top <laughs> Yeah. Leave every stick full play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this industry is easy. <laughs> it was made for me. And then reality starts. Reality and- hits in. And and I think it's um uh a, you know, it's a process of learning that your worth doesn't derive from mm. whether you're getting straight A's or whether you're getting lead roles. Right, lead roles, <laughs> exactly. And being rounded as a person. But it's hard as well because you do you your identity is what you do oh, yeah, in work. And, yeah. and therefore you do take it personally when you miss out on those roles you do take it personally when you know maybe clients don't come back or mm. you know you lose a follower literally <laughs> 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 every time I post on Instagram I lose 2,000 followers and it kills me every time <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not even going to post anymore <laughs> you're doing well not having it to be honest it's quite stressful <laughs> I really want to know how you grew the off- how did you grow those followers <laughs> it's literally it good luck and hard work no mm. honestly I I still don't know to this day. People keep asking me, and I'm like, I wish I had an answer. Like, I'd write a book on it, but do yeah, do, do you please, have I'll buy come, it. Do you have people <laughs> to you going? How do we create a viral video? Yeah, all the time. Like, I've done so many panels and talks, and people ask, and I give my advice. Like, obviously, there are things which help, but I think it's being in the right place at the right time, knowing the right people, and also having the right set of skills to help yourself get there. Mm. There's mm. so many different things yeah. that come into play to like making a good viral video. Oh my god, there's so much more else. Right, uh, we will come back to you on this and try to take all your followers. I'm not okay. joking. I'm, not joking people. Um, I'm going to play uh, Rapture by Blondie. Um, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in about five minutes' time. Uh, welcome back. This is Food Bar Radio. And I do love it when I say, oh, we've got about three seconds. Everyone's like, okay, got to be quiet now. Got to be quiet now. It's like we're at school. And we've got an extra guest. Another guest in the studio. Can we have a round of applause? We're going to do a round of applause, people. For oh. Sam Callahan. Woo! Welcome with beer in hand as with well, beer sir. beer in hand, I know. It's, apparently it's beer for women, but I mean... Don't be gluten-free. I'll be a woman for a day if I get, if I get beer. That's yeah, fine. don't blame you. That's Welcome. Great. It's lovely to have you on the show. Thank How you are you? Much. I'm very good. I'm a, I'm, I have to confess, I was late today. Um, so I did stop at a Petrogarius <laughs> to get a peace offering, but they didn't sell vodka, so I got... Uh, chocolate, <laughs> chocolate buttons instead. Do you I mean, know what? I'll, I'll accept it. Yeah, yeah. Great. I mean, vodka would have been vodka would have been uh, a lot better. You've got to stay up for such a long time, though, Rachel. I know, right? I'm kind of That's working out. Should be passed out. You have no idea. I'm like, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Just don't quite know. Um, Sam. Yes. Um, do you know what? We obviously I'm here for for 24 hours. Um, you need a lot of stamina when you do something like that. You know, you're a singer, you're a performer. Mm-hmm. Um, when you do a show when you say do a concert how how do you find the energy that stamina to do something like that um i think probably doing a show is slightly different to <laughs> doing this when you've got an audience and somebody that kind of gives you that adrenaline kick and, and things like that that for me is what feeds uh you know feeds me that energy to mm. to crack on and 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 do the show 
uh, doing something like this. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I have too much advice for you. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe a beer. Yeah. <laughs> I am working out in my head now. When is a good time to start drinking? <laughs> now, but that's very dangerous. That's like a twi- That's a real drinking session. Twenty four hours, isn't 24 it? Hours. Which I do not recommend. You've got a picture up of you tomorrow at five pm. I can't I'll frighten young children. I think at five pm tomorrow. Um, for people that are tuning and thinking, what is going on? Um, we are here for UN Women UK. This is for the He for She campaign. Now, the He for She campaign is, um, and I didn't really know too much about it until I um, approached the UN to come up with this show idea. So the He for She campaign is, obviously there's a lot about women's rights at the moment, but um, we can't, you know, do the things we want to do, equal pay, all our rights without having men supporting us. We need both. We can't do it on our own. It's, you know, you, the, the weaker voice needs the stronger voice to work together. Um, so, uh, you know, and that's why we have both men and women for this show, to show that we can work together and create something wonderful. Um, we've spoken a lot, and I've spoken a lot to the females, and I'll talk to you guys in a moment about this, but the men's side of it, um, I'll start with Will, I'll start with you. Mm. Um, have, you know, have you, number one, been shocked by say with the time time's up campaign mm-hmm. have you been surprised by the amount of things women have come forward saying with our you know our kind of the sexual discrimination that we suffer have you been surprised by a lot of it it's a weird thing i think um shocked but not surprised i know that sounds mm-hmm. a bit of a contradiction but but just having spoken to female friends of mine about their experiences of walking around london every day yeah i wasn't surprised to hear that there is that level of threat and uh, everyday harassment going on. But I think I was shocked to just hear the detail of it. Mm. And you can't help but be shocked and upset yeah. when you're like, you know, Facebook feed or whatever it is is blowing up with everybody's stories of... Or, or, or even your own mother's stories. Like I spoke to my mum about this and her sort of stories about everyday harassment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was shocking, even if not surprising. And how healthy do you think it is now that we can talk about things like this? Oh yeah, I mean totally. Mm. Uh, the, just getting oxygen around the issues. Yeah, paramount. And yeah. I know, um, like some men, I know a lot of my uh, guy friends find it quite an awkward thing to talk about. Sam, how about you? Are you have you been surprised by the amount in the last few months of the Times Up campaign? And you know, have you come across looking at your female kind of? fellow performers have you ever seen kind of the sexist do you get treated differently to them and vice versa um i'm not sure i think that there is an element of people are very careful um in the in the music industry because it's a very mixed bag you get a Mm. lot of guys a lot of girls um and we we share do you know what i mean an office as in like you know performing and stage and and studio every day Mm. so um i think it's it's really important everybody like tries very very hard to kind of make sure that they're not stepping out of line and, and do you know what I mean saying the wrong thing doing the wrong thing acting in the wrong way um, but I think that that yeah it's, it's uh, I, I like what you said I think very it, it has an element of both it's shocking and surprising but um, the the scariest thing I think is how uh, how often you see it come up on social media I, I as, as as much as you guys I was uh, hearing how, how big you guys use social media and how big your followings are and uh, for me <laughs> I, I, other than you, Will. <laughs> <laughs> other than you, Will. <laughs> um, for, 
for me, having having that magnitude of of people um, posting every day and, mm. and stuff like that, you I think you kind of get to see a lot more um, when things when things become big anyway to the you know everyday general public on social media. You get to see a lot more of it when your following is bigger because it's just you know it, it comes straight down your timeline. Yeah. Um, so so yeah that's that's when it becomes shocking to me yeah and it's you know the whole point like I said of a show like this is that we can raise awareness and really talk about things and issues and hopefully people that are listening don't know anything about the He For She campaign can maybe learn something um, Persia do you find because I find this when you have a strong woman they're a bitch a man who is a, a director, he's, he's a strong man. Do you ever come across anything like that? And Do you ever get treated differently doing the work you do? Sorry, I, <laughs> I think I, I didn't understand the question. Well, do you get treated... Like, I find, like, a lot of women in a strong position, sometimes they get called... They're, right. they're just a bitch. They're yeah, yeah, bits. yeah. Do you get any... Yeah, do you know what? When, when I was at drama school, that was the case a lot. It was the case a lot. Yeah, the, the kind of women who were in charge, everyone like, they're a bitch... And the men are in charge. They're, in fact, talking about this, not going to name any names, but there was a man. Um, and there were several, ca- like, not several, there were a lot of cases of some really dodgy sexual things going on yeah. um, with him and students. And I got involved in that as well. And it's unbelievable how it all got turned around. He was respected and he had all this kind of power. And, it, and then, yet, yeah, the women who were you know they were behaving you know the women were brilliant Mm. teachers but they were they were pretty you know they were tough on us because they were trying to train us and I found that really really interesting and how also I mean I don't know if you found this or I I think it's probably true in a lot of um different industries that we've seen like the the shame and the silence like you I didn't speak up about stuff and a lot of people didn't because you think I don't want to get like labeled as a fussy actress I don't want to like not get overlooked for roles and I think that's the problem and so this is such a powerful thing that women are actually saying you know what what's more important to me is my own valuing of Mm. myself because I'm not going to be silenced because of like fear anymore, and that, yeah. I think that's it. And do you think that's changing? Do you see? A I change? think massively. And the, mm. the key is, like you were saying, people have to come together because it is really scary. I have so much respect for those the first few women, against particularly the Harvey Weinstein, you know, who were brave enough to yep. step forward Bruce and McGowan, say, "Look, this is yeah." Yep. And uh, yeah, I think if you need you need to have that support behind you. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Amber, the the uh, we are all in awe of Amber with her. <laughs> was it how many how many million followers do you have? I have about two point seven million. Now. Oh, but you say that to yourself every morning because <laughs> I really would. If I'm having a bad day, it does cheer me up. Not gonna lie. <laughs> cheer me up, I if tell you. If you're having a bad day, do you change them from followers to friends? Yes, <laughs> sometimes I yes. do. You know, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I've got two point seven million friends. Oh my god. Um, a younger generation, do you have you ever come across sexism amongst what you're doing at, at the moment? Have you have you come across any challenges? Yep, I have. So I have gone for jobs since I've been a creator. I've been put forward for jobs, which I have not got, which is fine. Um, I always like to get some constructive criticism. Maybe yeah. it's the way that I'm working or my attitude that people don't like. But no, I've had cases where it's actually they've chosen a man over me because they wanted a man. Or I've had other cases as well where it's due to someone of a different skin colour getting it to fill the diversity quota. That's a whole other conversation. But for certain campaigns, they do want a strong man, exactly like you were saying. Mm. I am quite a strong person. I'm a very strong personality. I'm sure you've got this already. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And to me, it's just being feisty and passionate, but Mm. it does come across as being 
maybe pushy or forceful sometimes. Right, yeah, yeah. And yet you get a guy with the exact same personality mm. and people think, wow, this is Assertive. a strong man. Yeah. Exactly. He's Not perfect bossy. for the campaign. Mm. We'll push him over a woman of the exact same, following the exact same skill set, mm-hmm. which means just crazy. I think when you get in, uh, in my industry, a lot is if you get an artist who kind of knows what they want and they're like, right, we need to do this, do that, do that, mm-hmm. do that. And you start ordering people about, even just a, like a little bit, then you're like, oh, he's, I like how he's kind of sees what he does as, as business and he's mm-hmm. becoming mm-hmm. a businessman <laughs> about, about his art and about his creativity. And then if a girl does exactly the same, they're like, oh my God, diva. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's so, so true. So true. It's so true. Uh, and you know what? It's great, again, that we can just talk about this and hopefully people are, that are listening at home, it, it something like this can connect with them. Um, we are going to play a song because we're actually going to say goodbye um, to you, Amber, and to you, Persia. Um, thank you both for joining us. I'm just going to ask one last time, how did you get all those books? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. She's taking notes. Honestly, yes. I don't even know if I write a book, you're going to be the first person I'll give it to you, so all could the secrets in there. <laughs> I need all the help I can get, I tell you. Um, thank you. Can we have a round of applause, please, for Persia and Amber? Thank you so, so much, ladies, for joining us. Um, I'm going to play a song. This is Manny And that was my perfectly chosen song, Manny Nelly Furtado. I do love the fact that I was like... You know, he for she, both equal. Let's play Manny. <laughs> really pissing on my point there. Really pissing on my point. Um, I still have Sam and Will in the studio with me. Thank you both for staying by my side. Will, I do love the fact that you do keep saying to me, Rach, how are you going to do this? <laughs> it's like you're my like savior. You're like, I can get you out. <laughs> I know a man that knows it's a man. Not too late, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or he's just you sitting there telling you, you can't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just planting seeds of doubt. <laughs> yeah. No, you're going to be so. Oh, great and insecurity <laughs> and, oh I believe on the phone line as well we've got Tyler Sky Tyler are you there yes I am hello oh hello Tyler how are you I'm very well thanks how are you guys we're good Tyler I've got in the studio with me um, Sam Callahan and I've also got uh, Will um, Attenborough in the studio as well I'm getting too excited that's what it is right now <laughs> um, Tyler very lovely to um, actually meet you because I believe as well in the stalkery way I think I'm embracing this evening. Um, kind of met you on social media, so it's wonderful to have yes. you to have you here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, please. Okay, um, so I am an IBD advocate. So basically, I have Crohn's disease. Um, so it's a type of inflammatory bowel disease, and I basically raise awareness of that uh, condition and also talk quite openly about the fact that I had surgery as a result of that disease. So um, it, there's quite a lot of taboo and, and sort of stigma around having um, that kind of quite embarrassing disease, I guess, because it tends to be bowel and bladder related or mostly bowel related. Um, so it's, um, the, yeah, there's a lot of stigma behind it. So I kind of talk quite openly, quite positive about it. And um, it's kind of uh, it's, it's giving other people the opportunity to kind of see that they're not alone in their condition as well. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing for the last few years. So incredibly brave. And I believe for you, the last few years have been quite a challenge for you. Yeah, so um, it was 2009 that I got diagnosed with my condition. And then um, around 2010 was when I had surgery. So I basically had to have... Um, 
an ileostomy bag. So similar to you hear a colostomy, um, it's just using the small intestine rather than the large intestine. So for a good sort of six years, I had an ileostomy and then last year, um, I switched to a colostomy, so it's a slightly different type of, of stoma. Mm. But yeah, so um, but for since since then, I've kind of been living with a bag basically, um, and it's, it's basically just sort of talking about it to other people that are going through the surgery and kind of reassuring them that it's not the end of the world if you if you kind of have to have the surgery. Because even though it's, I mean, it's scary. You know, the mm. idea of going through anything like that is is pretty scary. So. Um, just kind of being able to reach out to people and say you're not alone in this because people can feel quite isolated when it comes to stuff like that and and having a, a bowel condition they can feel like you can't talk to anyone because it's you know it's an embarrassing subject and especially for me being a woman and and talking about something that's like you know it's not very ladylike to talk about mm. bowel movements so so it's <laughs> you know just kind of being able to talk positive about it and and just sort of say you know it's a, it's a natural thing and you know if you're concerned then reach out to a, a doctor or whatever so um yeah that's kind of what i encourage people to to do is just say look it's a normal thing and and if if you're concerned about uh, anything then then go to the doctor and will i can see you're here shaking your head and like how brave is it for someone to come forward and talk about something like this yeah, god do you know i've got ibs oh, so I, just, I, I don't have like uh-huh. Which is uh, kind of an amorphous condition because mm. it doesn't necessarily have distinct yeah. causes. But um, yeah, oh, it's a nightmare. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I don't have it to, to the yeah. severity that, that Tyler evidently does. But um, yeah, because I, I read something a, a, a little bit about um, people trying to campaign for more openness about bowel conditions. And I read something about one campaign that was sort of trying to find a way where people with conditions can have access to more like like public toilets around like in pubs and, and cafes and stuff That's without it having to be this yeah. really awkward embarrassing thing of like oh, I've got to go to the loo yeah. you can right just sort now. of be like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't hold it yeah yeah you can just be like oh, I've got a wristband yeah. or, or is that right Tyler? yeah yeah so there's um, there's a few different uh, schemes out there um, and one being the can't wait card where you, you would literally mm. show oh, a, wow. a card uh, to, to a you know like a shop owner or a manager and say look I you don't have to even say anything. You could just show them the card and it explains why you need to use the facilities. Um, so that's really good because, it, you know, even just telling someone that you don't know, oh, I have to go to the toilet, it's, yeah. it can feel really scary. <laughs> uh, so there's that. And then there's also campaigns that are being run by uh, Colostomy UK, for example, and Crohn's and Colitis UK that are trying to make toilets, um, the, the whole kind of thing of if you need to use an accessible toilet because you, you physically cannot wait, you need to go there and then into a disabled toilet. Um, it's about having this, this thing about um, not all disabilities are visible. So you can have a, a bowel condition that there's no physical signs of it, but it's something that you're going to need to use the facility. So there's lots of campaigns out there at the minute about that. So um, so it's really nice to see that you know there's a lot of active stuff going on um, just to try and improve you know conditions for people um yeah. tyler is that um that card is that like already a thing or is that uh, like they're hoping for it to be 
the card is already a thing, so you can get it through that. Crohn's and Colitis UK, um, and then I think there's a few of the Ostomy manufacturers, they provide a card through their services as well, so there's, there's a few different ones out there. That's um, amazing. I, but, I've, I've, I don't have either of the, these issues, but I myself have been, you know, uh, in, in the car, I had to stop at a, a Petrogo's, and they're like, no, sorry, you can't use the toilet. God knows what I'd do if I if I was suffering from, yeah. do you know what I mean, was suffering yeah. from, from a situation like, like, yeah. like yourself. Um mm. That's, yeah. I think that's a really important thing to have. I've never even thought about it. And it does, you know, the one thing we are obviously um, talking about with UN Women UK, it's all about changing the reality uh, for women and girls globally. And the United mm. Nations do a lot of work um, like this, Tyler. And it's, again, it's very simple things in a way, very obvious things. Mm. It doesn't take much to make a big change. It's mm. just that first step. And I think as well, it's so important to talk about things. Uh, Tyler, have you found, just by talking about things like this, being very open, that you're beginning to change people's perceptions of it and maybe change yourself, your own perception of Crohn's disease? I think so, because, well, the, the, the reason why I started talking about it initially was because uh, it, was, it was twofold, really. Firstly, it was kind of for my own recovery and, and kind of getting my head around everything, but also mm. to kind of reach out to other people because... As far as I was aware, I, I, you know, when I got told you have to have an, an ostomy bag, I thought, well, that's just for old people, which is, is, is such a stupid thing to think. But at the time, I thought, yeah. I'm 24 when I had my surgery. Wow. I'm 24. I thought, it's, you know, it's going to be me and a bunch of old people sitting in the room talking about <laughs> pooping in a bag. <laughs> and it's like, actually, <laughs> uh, but it's, it, that wasn't the case at all. There was so many young people going through the same thing because inflammatory bowel disease affects a lot of young people. So... There were, a lot of people were going through the same thing I was. I just didn't know it. So I started making videos on YouTube to kind of reach out to those people and go, look, if you're going through something similar, mm. you know, let's talk about it. Let's let's have that dialogue. And and more and more people started seeing those videos and, and just started engaging and talking about it. And then, obviously, if they wanted to talk to their friends about it and explain what they're going through, they could just show my video and go, this this is what I'm talking about. So it kind of, it kind of yeah, it kind of, created the conversation or at least enabled the conversation um for people and and also for me if, if people sort of ask me i go oh i've got a whole load of videos that i've made about it <laughs> go and have a look at library <laughs> people find them interesting yeah so um yeah I think it's absolutely incredible. Again, it's getting the conversation started. Um, we are here, obviously, for the Heath She campaign, and we have been talking about inspirational women. I'm going to start with the two lads in the studio. Now, one thing I... Before I ask you what and who are your inspirational women, can you not say your mum? Because, I mean, no offence, mum. Bren, if Does you're listening... Does have to be a well-known person, then? Could be anybody. But mum, and again... Dear old Bren, I love you, but I, just, I don't want any more mum answers. So I can see both the boys thinking, and they're like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. "Mum was my go-to. She was oh, my mom. go-to." Um, I can start with you, Will. Okay. <laughs> Go on. Who's your inspirational woman or women? Can I? I can have a few. You can have as many as you want, my love. We're uh, here for thanks, ages. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, okay, there's a there's an actor that I just think is the best thing in the world. Uh, she was in Blue is the Warmest Colour I don't know if you saw that okay. film French film she's not that famous she's called Adèle Ezochopoulou but oh if you see that film sorry can you say that again Adèle Ezochopoulou it works for me <laughs> it works for me a couple right. of hours in that's all it takes <laughs> wow oh brilliant um, yeah <laughs> she, uh, that old that old that old thing yeah oh, 
gosh. Sorry, that ruined so your flow, didn't good. it? <laughs> <laughs> and what was it about? What, what is it about the her? her? Actually, I mean, the nice little tie-in with what Tyler was saying. It, she's so vulnerable. She's so open mm. in the whole thing. There's, there's this sort of heart-wrenching breakup in the film. I just never seen acting that real and open before. It was like a whole revelation. It was great. Yeah. So I'd yeah. recommend that. Yeah. That's a brilliant answer. Thank you. Sam. <laughs> Thank you very much, Rach. Doth <laughs> um, your cap. I have three. Oh, God, Sam. Okay. Well, two uh, um, actresses. Um, one is Chloe Mortez. Brilliant choice. Um, I think she's amazing, especially for how young she is. Mm. Um, I mean, she's she. she has so such a big female fan base, um, a big fan base in general. But um, to and and so many young girls follow her, and and you see them like I follow her um, on Instagram and stuff, and you see them posting daily saying, "Oh my god, this thing that you did, or this thing that you did, or this thing that you did, um, inspired me so much, or made me overcome this, or made me overcome this." And for somebody at such a young age to be inspiring people uh, again of a young age to, is is really really incredible. Um, and she, you know, she talks very, very well about um, all her kind of everything to do with, uh, you know, uh, women's rights, um, feminism and, and also about like things, you know, politically mm. um, going on in the world. And I, I think, I mean, she knows a hell of a lot more than I do mm. about that sort of thing. And yeah. so I learn, I'm learning stuff, you know, yeah. following somebody like that. Um, and I think the age for me just makes that uh, so much more impressive. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> um, <I'm in> awe. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, Cara Delevingne, um, I think, is is massively, um, you know, to thank for for women's empowerment um, and for for helping, um, you know, on that side of things. I just see see the same sort of stuff from her, and uh, I think she's a, a really inspirational woman. And then one, I'm not allowed to say my mum, so I'm going to say my sister. Oh, good, good. <laughs> I don't know if she's listening, but uh, but yeah, so at least I won't get strung up. But um, (laughs) (laughs) no, but uh, but honestly, my sister is is somebody who uh, she she struggled a lot at school with uh, friend groups and, and things like that. She, uh, she didn't really get on at school and didn't get on socially, um, which I think is, is very much the case of so many young people um, at school nowadays. Kids are cruel. Like, it's a difficult um, world to, to grow up in. And um, she came out of school and has utterly flourished. She found um, a, a career that she loves, which is real niche. She, uh, she's, basically, she's an equine photographer. Um, wow. Mm. But she doesn't just take pictures of horses. She takes like real kind of niche ones. They're like they're really pretty pictures of uh, owners and their horses, and the owner will be like in a nice dress. And she always catches like some sort of sunset. And so I don't know how she does it. She just like, seems to find prettiness, and um, it's a real art. But she she's found this thing, and like there were loads of people that were going, "Yeah, you won't make a career out of that. You won't make money out of that." Um, one, my dad is the most su- supportive person in the world mm. um, to all of us kids, and he was only saying it because she, he wanted her to make a living and make money. But yeah. he went, "You won't be able to make money out of that." Um, and she has, and she she just kind of always defies any odds. She's like one of my absolute rocks. Uh, I've you know. Over the years, especially with my career, I've I've had some real kind of um, kicks in the nuts. Um, I can say that on this radio. You station. can say whatever you want. <laughs> Balls, Balls. <shit>. yeah. <laughs> um, and she's she's always the one I kind of go to, um, not just to kind of pick me up, but for advice. And I go, shit, so what do I do? Yeah, like, what, what can I do? Yeah. Um, and she is genuinely a, a massive inspiration to me. So, um, yeah. That is brilliant. Three, Sam, one. Uh, <laughs> I love 
others. <laughs> um, Tyler, who would you say are your inspirational women? Oh my god, I forgot women? she was still on the line. <laughs> yeah, Sorry I'm about still that. here. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tyler, who would you yeah, say? Well, I've got, I've got this. There's four that spring to mind because well, there's, there's so many people within the the Ostomy and IBD community who are so inspiring that have overcome so many challenges. Um, but there's one, there's a woman called Nicola Dames who she has a stoma like me, but she decided to create a line a line of lingerie that was designed specifically for people, um, both men and women, who've had ostomy surgery, so that they feel a bit more secure and a bit more sexy and a bit more like just. In, more uncomfortable with their skin after such a big surgery so she i find inspiring because she just pulled this business together and, and changed so many people's perspectives of their body so that's a big uh big one for me and then there's also three women who founded the get your belly out campaign i don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. of the get your belly out campaign um but it's similar to the no makeup selfie campaign uh, where people kind of take a photo of their bellies and uh, then donate to Crohn's and Colitis UK. So Lorna, Victoria and Gemma are three women who founded that and uh, it's, the campaign's just like flourished. They've raised over £60,000 for Crohn's and Colitis UK in four years. So yeah, they are totally inspirational to me as well. I think that's a brilliant answer. Well, look, um, I'm going to say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, leave you guys in the studio. Good luck. <laughs> You've got 23 hours to go. Um, thank you, um, Tyler, for talking to us. Um, it's been fantastic. Um, I'm going to also say thank you to Will as well. <laughs> it's thank been you. lovely. Thanks, mate. Right. And thank you, Sam. No worries. I'm very high-pitched, aren't I? How <laughs> oh, am I going to do this? Um, thank you to all you three. Um, now, just to let everyone know as well, we would love some donations. A text, uh, UNWN, followed by the amount you'd like to donate to... To seven zero zero seven zero. I'm gonna give you a little breather, about three minutes break. Um, we've got Call Me Maybe by Carly Ray Jepsen. Enjoy. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes.